Listener Production. All right, I hope I don't offend any golf fans here, but I, I'll be honest with you, Rihanna, I find it a little boring. What about you? Oh, I love a bit of golf. Really? I could watch it for hours. <laughs> <laughs> what is it you love about it? There's just something about the theatrics of it. I love the way that the commentators commentate, the shushing on the fairway, the fact that you can go off and do other things and come back and, and still maybe catch the big moments of it. I don't know. I find there's something calming about it for me. I love a bit of rules when you're in the game, but it seems like maybe some of those rules are getting thrown out at the moment. Yeah, well, there's a massive controversy in golf and it's anything but boring, which is why we're looking into it. A new competition backed by huge money from Saudi Arabia has completely divided the sport. So there's a new competition called Live. It's being spearheaded by Greg Norman, who confirmed this week that Liv offered Tiger Woods around a billion dollars to sign on. Tiger's a needle mover, right? Yeah. So, of course, you're going to look at the best of the best, you know? So, yes, that number is somewhere in that neighbourhood. Yeah, critics say what's happening here is sports washing, which is where dodgy companies or countries sponsor or host sporting events to help clean up their image. So, in this briefing, what exactly is Liv and why has it caused so much angst in the wild world of golf? First, today's headlines. It is Friday, August the 5th. A gunman is on the run after he killed three members of one family on a remote North Queensland cattle station. A married couple and the woman's son were killed near Bogie, which is a small mining town in the Sundays. A fourth member of the family was also shot in the stomach. He survived and travelled 30 kilometres south to raise the alarm and was then airlifted to hospital for emergency surgery. We are at very, very early stages of our investigation. We do not know who was responsible. Uh, we haven't been able to get Glenn any other details from the male person who had been shot. That's Mackay Detective Inspector Tom Armit. Five people are being questioned by police and forensic investigators are on the scene this morning. And Japan is calling on China to stop the military exercises being carried out in the Taiwan Strait. China's launched live-fire military drills in response to the US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, saying they would deter collusion between Taiwan and the US. Yeah, China's military launched 11 ballistic missiles into waters around Taiwan's northeast and southwest coast, but some have also landed in Japan's zone of influence. China appears to have launched nine ballistic missiles. Five of them are believed to have landed in Japan's exclusive economic zone. We strongly condemn the act as it is a serious issue concerning Japan's security. So that's Japan's Defence Minister Nobu Kishi. Isn't it crazy how much tension this visit from one US politician has caused around Taiwan? Yeah, it's the biggest Chinese military exercise in the region since 1996 and international flights and freight have been diverted and delayed due to these exercises. Yeah, and it's got Japan out criticising China as well, so it's drawing in another country altogether. Australia's pharmacies are experiencing a major shortage of drugs used to treat adults and children diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah, so a global supply shortage has left families struggling to get their hands on Ritalin, which is a common stimulant. The TGA says other critical medications like antidepressants and drugs to treat asthma are also in short supply. 
Meanwhile, 450,000 monkeypox vaccines are coming to Australia and the first delivery of 22,000 shots will touch down in coming days. And charges have been laid for a police shooting that spurred on the Black Lives Matter protests of 2020. Uh, In the US, four police officers have been arrested and charged with federal crimes over the death of 26-year-old black woman Breonna Taylor. Those alleged crimes include civil rights offences, unlawful conspiracies, unconstitutional use of force and obstruction offences. Attorney General Merrick Garland there, and we did a briefing episode on Breonna Taylor's shooting on September 21 in 2020. She was killed in a no-knock raid on her home in Louisville, Kentucky in March of 2020. Her boyfriend had fired a shot at one of the officers as they came through the door, and then they returned fire, hitting Taylor multiple times. Now, these new federal charges include the officer who fired 10 shots, um, he had been acquitted of state charges and the three other officers being charged um, with these federal charges are being also charged in relation to the falsification of the search warrant for the raid. Um, is this a story that you follow closely, Rana? Yeah, and it's one that I've been um, looking for. And I guess I was uh, surprised to see that um, there were new charges being laid in this case. And the AFL has apologised to former player Eddie Betts for rituals at a 2018 pre-season camp. Clearly we're sorry to Eddie and anyone who's, of course, suffering from that camp. And, and frankly, some of the stuff that went on was a, was a disgrace. And clearly we we hearing him and hear his pain and we're sorry. That's AFL CEO Gil McLaughlin last night on 7. And it's after Eddie Betts detailed in his book about the Adelaide Crows camp, he claims one of the rituals had a man shouting insults at him using confidential information while he was harnessed with a rope and meant to fight his way towards a knife to cut himself free. Wow. Um, Yeah, there's also allegations that players were pressured into silence and a number of the Crows players involved in this pre-season camp are now weighing up launching a class action against the club and the AFL. So, yeah, some pretty intense revelations from Eddie Betts' book, which came out on Tuesday. All right, in just a moment, a controversy in the world of golf. So when the young Aussie mullet-wearing golf star Cam Smith won the British Open last month, there was a very awkward moment in the press conference. He was asked whether he might be signing with Liv, and here's how he reacted. I just won the British Open and you're asking about that. I think that's pretty, not that good. Yeah, not happy, Cam. So (laughs) he hated that question. Um, Liv is like a golf rebel league and they held their first event in June. And it's really gotten up the nose of the traditional league, the PGA Tour, which started in 1929. They've taken the drastic step of suspending any players who sign on to live. Yeah, now 11 of those suspended players are suing the PGA. So it's getting a little spicy. And along with that, um, it's having an effect on the PGA. And the other huge question is about the ethics of accepting money from Saudi Arabia. So the human rights record is shocking. They still have the death penalty, terrible treatment of migrant workers, discrimination of women. And one of the most prominent controversies of recent times was the brutal murder, the dismemberment of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, who was critical of the regime 
uh, in his reports for the Washington Post. That happened four years ago. Sam Squires is here to explain what Live is and how this golf controversy is unfolding. She's the host of Listeners on Her Game podcast and is hosting a brand new one launching next week called The Sport. She's also on the board of the Australasian tour of the Women's Professional Golfers Association, but is not speaking on behalf of them. Sam, in your years of being a massive golf fan, is this the biggest controversy you've ever seen? Without doubt. That's what everyone is saying, that Greg Norman building this Rebel League is the biggest thing to happen for golf probably forever. And it really is dividing the sport and and causing this civil war in golf. Well, Sam, can you explain what Live is and how it actually works? So Live actually is the Roman numerals for 54, which is um, they play 54 hole golf. It's backed by Greg Norman. He's the CEO and he's the face of this Rebel Tour. It's very different from the PGA Tour. As I said, it's 54 hole golf. It is a shotgun start. All the players are out on the course at the same time. But the big thing is the money that's involved in this. The money involved in Live Golf is astronomical. If we look at the sign-on fees, Phil Mickelson signed on for 200 million US reportedly. Dustin Johnson signed on for 125 million dollars US. The prize money is out of this world. You get four million dollars for first place, last place 120,000 US dollars. So everyone who plays walks away with money. Uh, there's a teams component as well. So the winning team splits $3 million per event. Second place is a split between four players of $1.25 million. There are only 48 players in this event. So there's no cut after two rounds uh, as well. As I said, everyone walks away with a prize. You know, it can be life-changing. To give you an example, Travis Smythe, who is a golfer, Australian golfer from Shell Harbour, he was on the Asian tour. All season, he's won 32,000 US on the Asian tour, but he came second in an event and that gave him automatic entry into the first Live Golf event in London. From there, he actually finished in a tie for 33rd. So he got 146,000 US dollars. The big thing was for him, he came second in the team's event. So he split that $1.5 million four ways. Just from a week, he walked away with over a million Australian dollars. And for him, he's in his 20s and he's ranked 426th in the world. I mean, that's life-changing, over a million dollars within seven days. So, Sam, tell us about the PGA's reaction to Liv coming onto the scene. Well, they've known for a while that this is something that Greg Norman has been building. And in fact, you know, this has been a long feud for Greg Norman that spanned over 30 years. Uh, Greg Norman tried to start a Rebel Tour back in 1994 and that was backed by Murdoch and and that fell through and you know all these years later he's now got his chance with Saudi money which is where the major controversy for this tour exists is with who is backing it but we'll get to that in a moment uh but yeah so Greg Norman has been trying to do this since 1994 and then it's finally come to fruition now in 2022 so the PGA tour has reacted to it. Any player who signed on for Live Golf has been banned from competing in PGA Tour events. They did that basically to stop all their players being lured by this incredible money being offered 
to them and they're eyeing off some big names and the names keep getting thrown around in the media and you know cam smith is is one of them that keeps getting thrown around and when he won the open championship one of the questions in the media conference afterwards was will you sign on to live golf the question is still there are you interested at all is there any truth in that uh, I don't know, mate. The, my team around me worries about all that stuff. I'm here to win golf tournaments. That would be a big deal to have a big name player like Cam Smith, who has won the major and has won the Open, to sign on. Have they snared anyone who's actually truly competitive on the current PGA circuit? Dustin Johnson is the biggest name that they've signed on by far. He is a two-time major winner. He won uh, the Masters back in 2020, and he won the US Open back in, in 2016. He actually sits in the top three of top earners from golf ever. So Tiger Woods has won the most of $100 million from golf, then sits Phil Mickelson at $91 million, and then sits third, Dustin Johnson, at $74 million. So he's already made $74 million from golf. And he signed on to the Live Tour and it was really controversial when he did and it was the biggest name definitely when, when he did. And he signed on for a reported $125 million. That's just the sign-on fee. There's a long list of, of big names who have, who have signed on. But in terms of, you know, the most competitive on the tour, then no. And a lot of the big names on the tour have staunchly defended the PGA Tour, Rory McIlroy, of course, is the biggest one who's really given it to to live golf and all his um, press conferences and stood firm with the PGA Tour. Yeah, Sam, we were talking uh, a little bit about the money before, but let's talk more about the Saudi money. I mean, tell us about the funding of Live and, and why that has also been a very big talking point. It's because it's Saudi Arabia, essentially because of the human rights record of Saudi Arabia and what they represent. It has brought big questions um, why Greg Norman and golf is getting involved in business with Saudi Arabia and has bringed up the big idea of sports washing, which is when a controversial company wants to improve their image on a global stage and they use sport and backing sport to be able to do it. So I guess they're, they're cleaning up their image by using sport, sports washing. And, yeah, it's brought up big questions by that. And I have to say Greg Norman himself and Phil Mickelson have just been hammered of why they have been involved in this. And when Phil Mickelson, I should say, signed on, um, he was asked those questions of, of why he did it. And then a quote came out from his biographer, Alan Shipnuck, and that was published. Uh, he talked to him and reportedly said, uh, they're scary mother effers to get involved with, was what Phil Mickelson told Shipnuck. Uh, we know they killed the Washington Post reporter, Jamal Khashoggi, and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all this, why would I even consider it? Because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. Talking about the brutal assassination of Jamal Khashoggi, Greg Norman said, well, you know, we've all made mistakes. So incredibly disrespectful, um, just shocking. So that caused a lot of people as well to turn against Live golf. So some of its defenders have said, well, the Saudis have already sponsored the ladies' European tour. I mean, how significant was that funding and, and did that raise any questions? Absolutely still raised questions. Yeah, it's gone under the radar a little bit. Um, obviously, Live Golf with Greg Norman backing it has become, you know, the spotlight and 
and the extent of the money involved in the Live Golf Series is way more than what was put into the Ladies European Tour. But, yeah, absolutely, it raised eyebrows. What does all this mean for the women's game? It it seems like um, if Liv wants to capture a new audience for golf or sort of shake up the tour, that they're missing a key component. This is the biggest disappointment for me. I'm not a supporter of Liv Golf, but I thought, you know, what they were promising was to revolutionise the game, to bring golf into the future and say that they are the future of golf. These are things that they just keep pushing But for me, the fact that women haven't come into the conversation at all, you know, really stood out to me because women are the future of golf. You know, this is a sport for women as well. There was no talk of um, the women being involved in the event and, and playing. And I have to say, when I turned onto the broadcast, the thing that hit me the most was, you know, it started off with three grey old men at a desk and it was a grey studio, a grey desk with a little bit of green and that was a big disappointment to me. You know, women are part of broadcast teams on the PGA Tour. You know, women are are a part of that as well. You know, Alison Whitaker from Australia is a broadcaster and she hosted the Open to open with three grey old men at Bedsmister. There were three white men as well. was a huge disappointment. In addition to that, it also highlights the mistreatment of women in in Saudi Arabian society. When you talk about who the backers are with Saudi Arabia and their treatment of it, where they basically say that women are the property of men and they have such a bad record, terrible, horrible record when it comes to the treatment of of women and, and female rights over there, then that was little surprise. But it was a big shock to me that at no stage that women were talked about being involved in this event and were basically absent from a lot of key components of this event. And, you know, Greg Norman, he promised this event to be new age, you know, and there were good things about the event. I had a friend who went to the London Invitational, the first event, and, you know, he walked in and he said the fan experience for this event was out of this world. You know, they had they had concerts, they had lots of activations around, there was a kid's zone, there was a metaverse tent for gamers, there was a lot kind of happening, there was music pumping all the time and Greg Norman promised that this would be golf but louder. As the day went on, you know, it was just normal golf. There was nothing different. So it kind of let me down in that, in that I thought it was going to be something really different and it let me down, it was probably just the same. So golf is still boring? Is that what you're telling us? I'm not saying golf is boring. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I would never say that. I love golf, but you know, and you know what golf could do with a shake up. You know, when I play golf, I don't do a little golfer's clap, you know, I pump the air, I do some fist pumps, everything. So a bit of a shake up, you know, wouldn't hurt. But for all its promises, the end product didn't quite deliver for me on those promises. That was Sam Squires. Catch her new podcast, The Sport, uh, coming out from Listener, which is where we work. That's um, happening next week. And she's got another sports podcast for female sports fans in particular called On Her Game. So, Rihanna, all of this drama, will it be good or bad for golf? Oh, look, I think this is a popcorn moment, isn't it? We're going to be sitting here eating our popcorn but doing it quietly. (laughs) Well, I guess it just depends how many people are going to eat that popcorn and watch it and whether this competition really has a big impact. 
Oh, I'm talking about the stuff that's happening off the fairway. Probably the best part. Yeah. Okay, that is it for your Monday to Friday briefing. Uh, the weekend briefing will be in your feed at 6am tomorrow. Jamila Rizvi, who have you got on this week? This weekend, I chatted with Sammy J, who I'm sure all of our listeners have heard of. He is an incredible stand-up comedian. He's also on ABC TV and he hosts The Brekkie Show on ABC Melbourne. We had a really interesting chat. We talked about the parts of yourself that you share with the world and the parts that are just for you. We talked about how much of himself Sammy puts into his comedy and his conversation and how he's come to be a little bit more comfortable with sharing who he really is rather than playing a character. We also talk about all sorts of fun, silly stuff, including Disney and the golden age of the 90s. We talk about juice boxes and kids' lunch boxes and silly stuff. It's a really fun one. All right, that is your weekend briefing with Sammy J, um, very unique Australian comedian. I hope you have an amazing weekend. A big thank you to the hardworking briefing team who make this podcast possible. We'll catch you Monday. Listener.